0: What's going on everyone? This is Ivan Thomas, aka Mr. Defy Gravity, and you are tuning into Black Men's Sundays. It's a Black Men Sunday.
1: What's going on, everybody? This is Black Men's Sundays. I'm your host, Corey Sylvester Murray, and we're talking about generational wealth, we're talking about finance, and of course, we're talking about business. And before we introduce today's guest, my man Eric from Hunts, Vegas, Alabama. Who do you have for our Black Men Sunday spotlight?
2: Hey, Corey, thanks a lot for that introduction. Um, today's spotlight, we're going to look at this Black woman lawyer that took down America's most powerful mafia boss back in the 1930s. Now, this lady, her her name is Eunice Carter, and she was born in 1989, I'm sorry. And she defied racial and gender expectations of her time. Now, by the 1940s, her remarkable professional and particular, I'm sorry, political achievements had elevated her to become one of the most famous black women in America. Now, Eunice Carter, she was a Smith College graduate and a granddaughter slave, she defied odds as a Black woman prosecuted in the 1930s in New York City. Her historical achievement was highlighted when, according to her grandson, uh, Stephen Carter, a biography which is called Invisible, she masterminded the strategy that led to the conviction of Lucky Larciano, the most powerful mafia boss back in 19... I'm sorry, 1936. Now, Eunice Carter triumphs were marred by again at the time by prejudice and tragedy notably for a challenging relationship with her younger brother um who which was a communist who also along with uh dasha hamlet faced imprisonment during the mccartney era now despite facing uh these obstacles she dictated she was dictated by social and political norms at her time she remains resilient but never accept defeat That's my spotlight for today. Miss Eunice Carter, back to you.
1: Hey, thank you, Eric, for that Black Men Sunday spotlight. Now, before we introduce today's guest, I'm gonna just give y'all a tip. Check your emails. If I didn't check this email, it would be a little different on Black Men Sundays. I'll just say that, but I'm gonna just say tip number one for this episode before I even introduce today's guest is make sure you check your email. Even if you don't know who's emailing you, just check it research them, and please respond back. But let's go on and introduce today's guest. We have Ivan Thomas on here. This brother is known as Mr. Defy Gravity. He's the president and CEO of Intrigue Media Group. Actually, that was the email that I got, so we're going to dive a little deeper into that a little later. This brother also owns a credit repair company, Credit Savant LLC. And the best thing about this brother, man, he won the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award from Joe Biden in 2022. So without further ado, Ivan Thomas, welcome to Black Men's Sundays, brother. How you doing?
0: I'm doing excellent, brother. How you doing?
1: Oh, I'm Thanks doing great. I'm doing great. And one thing, you know, I remember checking my email in the morning. It was like eight in the morning, a couple months ago. And it said, Ivan Thomas, Intrigue Media Group. I said, who is that? But something said, answer that email and let's see what we're talking about. And guess what happens? This brother is a celebrity publicist. So let's run through this brother's resume real quick. This brother has Melody Sheree. She's Melody Sheree Rogers now. Waka Flocka Flame, Ted Santos, Roderick Lawrence. This brother also has businesses. Nielsen, Xerox, Cancer Treatment Center of America. He's also had Reverend Jesse Jackson as a client. Actor Darren Henson, basketball player Michael Beasley. And, you know, some of those guests have appeared on Black Men's Sunday. So I just wanted to clarify to let people know who's on this show. So my first question for you, brother, you know, we talk about generational wealth. We talk about finance and business. You're a celebrity publicist. But one thing, when I look at your titles, everything revolves around mindset. So let's talk about the mindset that you have in your life, because I see, brother, from your Instagram, you're well-traveled. So just talk about the mindset that prepares you for life on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the mindset that prepares me for life on, on a daily basis is really just me reminding myself of who I am and what I desire to, you know, put into the world. To be completely honest, I believe each and every one of us we have skills, we have a purpose for being here. We're not merely here to exist. So, um about 10 years ago, I really started the journey of just, you know, learning myself to be completely honest. Like, why am I here? What am I put here to do? you know, I had gone through a period in my life where I just felt like I was just going through the motions, you know, and I was just, you know, working every single day without any real sense of purpose. I wasn't truly passionate about what I was doing. So I had to go on this journey to figure out like, hey, what am I, what am I here for? So as I embarked on that journey and started just uncovering certain elements of even myself that I didn't know about, you know, and, you know, just motivating myself, reading, studying, you know, I was able to tap, really tap into my gifts, uncover my skill sets and really identify what I believe is my purpose, which is to do good on this earth and to help other people to bring out their greatness. So really for the past 10 years, you know, specifically, you know, that's really what I've been focused on doing, just projecting the best of myself and helping others to do the same. So every day, you know, I wake up with the intention of making an impact.
1: Definitely, man. And speaking of the impact, I mean, You know, you're a celebrity publicist. So for people that don't know what that means, that means this brother manages brands and the reputations of these individuals and these companies. And he also finds media outlets that are well-suited for those individuals. Just a quick little fact for brothers that don't know, because they hear the terminology, but a lot of times you just hear it sounds cute, but you don't understand what that means. So as a celebrity publicist, my brother, and the owner, this president and CEO of your own company, Intrigue Media Group, how were you able to build those celebrity relationships and allow them to trust you first off?
0: Right. So, yeah, um, just a real quick story, you know, it wasn't always like that. I didn't always have the relationships, but, um, you know, I know you're in the Florida area about uh, 10 years ago. I was in this small town north of Orlando called Palm Coast, Florida right? And that's where I started my company, Intrigue Media Group. But if you know anything about that area, it's like a small town. Like 10 years ago, it was like retirees moving there, who just coming down from New York City and different places, just wanting to be by the beach and stuff like that. But I started my company there. And, um, you know, really, there were just, you know, people who they might have a book or they have a small company that they're trying to launch, but there was kind of like a small town um, type of mindset there. But Still with that, I started my company and I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm making like $250 a month with this client, $250. I wasn't making no kind of money at all, but I was just working my tail off. And I started, you know, getting these people, you know, press coverage, getting them in some outlets around the country and things of that nature. And what that did, even though it seemed small at that time, was it put me on the map. It showed other people like, like, hey, how did you get there? You know, how did you get that interview? You know how was this person writing about your business and gradually I started bringing more attention to me where I had people reaching out from different states like hey you know I saw this article in this outlet you know I read that this came from your company I'm interested in PR so I started building myself up that way and then um I've been in the I've been in the Atlanta area for about 7 years now so, you know, after I got married, I moved up this way. And, you know, of course, if you know anything about Atlanta, this is like, you know, the Mecca for Black entrepreneurship and, and you know, Black Hollywood, you know, the shooting all kinds of films, you know, the entertainment, you know, arena is really buzzing. You know, we got sports, all of these different things around here. So there's so much more to do. So I moved up here and then immediately I just hit the ground. You know, I'm setting up meetings with, you know, program directors at radio stations. I'm meeting with producers at TV stations. You know, I'm, um, you know, I've been writing press releases for years. So check out this outlet out of Los Angeles. And I'm like, hey, they're doing entertainment, but they're not covering anything in the Atlanta area. You know what I'm saying? And we got all these types of events, BET Hip Hop Awards, you know, all types of different things going on in the city. But I'm like, hey, maybe... I can be some added value to them and cover some events on their behalf since they're not reaching Atlanta. So I just reached out and they're like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, would you be interested in me doing that? I'm like, do you like some of the stuff that I've presented to you through some of the clients that I've sent your way? And he's like, well, yeah, we pretty much published everything that you, that you send us. So, I mean, Hey, what's going on over there? So I just told them, you know, they gave me the press credentials. And before you know it, I'm going to every conference. I'm going to every award show. I'm reporting on the red carpet, writing articles for them. And what that did, I wasn't even getting paid and I didn't care about getting paid. I just wanted the exposure. So just by being in this arena, I'm making connections naturally. You know, people are seeing that I'm out at some of the biggest, hottest events, you know, in the arena. You know, whether it's entertainment, whether it's business, whether it's empowerment, you know, whether it's sports, I'm just there, you know, and I'm writing about this stuff. And then naturally, people are like, hey, how are you getting there? I want to connect with this guy. So I leveraged that free opportunity to kind of get exposure from my company. And then through those connections that I made, I recognized that I could also connect my clients, you know, to these opportunities as well. So that's pretty much how I did it really just relationship-based. So the operative word in public relations is relations. You know, we help people to build relationships. And when people come to me to provide services, they're depending on my relationships, right? So I have to have, you know, whether it's with different reporters and producers, you know, whether it's with event planners, whether it's with, you know, uh, leaders of different organizations, you know, they depend on me to have these relationships. And that's what I did, you know, really the first several years, and still I do it every day it's constant relationship building but when i first got here in this area i was just hitting the pavement super hard and that's how i started to build the relationships and bring that value so um that's how i did it
1: wow man that's great information oh no you you slayed that man and i got a couple more for you before i open the stage to the brothers man you know I have another question, but I'm going to jump that because you mentioned something very important that a lot of brothers, I don't think heard. You said the word exposure. A lot of brothers when they start businesses as entrepreneurs, because you're an entrepreneur. So when brothers start businesses as entrepreneurs, I feel like we kind of have, you know, super high expectations, super high goals, which are, which is great. Cause I always say, believe in yourself, believe in your vision and execute it. But then Over some time, if it's been a year or it's been a couple of years and money's not trickling in, but you see you're gaining more exposure, a lot of people kind of just give up on that move. And they say, well, it was fun, but because it wasn't generating any dollars, um, they give up on that goal. So as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, for someone that's in that role of a year or two, or just maybe a couple of months into their business and it's not going great, what advice would you give them?
0: You got to embrace the process, you know? Um, And I have a book called Defy Gravity, Unleashing Your Greatness Within, where I talk about that, embracing the process. You know, uh, success doesn't come overnight. And, um, you know, for most people, now there are people, you know, rare cases where people just come out the box, they're hitting on all cylinders, but sometimes you even got to, Got to be careful with that. You know, sometimes you can grow quickly and then just fizzle out. So I think that people have to recognize that one, you have to embrace the process. You're going to go through trial and error, you're going to go through finding your identity as an entrepreneur and you're going to deal with that inevitable adversity you know we're dealing with an economy now that's uncertain you know inflation through the roof you know it's it's so many things you know the value of the american dollar diminishing we're just seeing so much going on right now and every entrepreneur no matter at what level you're on we have to pivot you know we have to you know be innovative and find ways to you know, continue to offer that value. Some people need to make a shift. So, and for me, I didn't make a lot of money the first couple of years of my business. You know, I wasn't making that much money at all, but I refused to give up. So, going back to even the mindset that you were talking about, there was no quit in me. I said, if I do this, I'm doing it till the wheels fall off. I'd rather. I'd rather fail on my own terms than fail and not be successful on somebody else's terms. And I made the decision and the promise to myself that, hey, when I go into this entrepreneurial journey, I know that there's going to be hardship. You know, you got to you got to plan for those things and you don't know how it's going to come. Like for me being in the PR industry, you know, I can be making a ton of money you know, at one point. And then depending on what's going on in the environment, maybe my clients are struggling. So then I lose a couple clients, you know what I'm saying? And it, it impacts me. So I got to figure out, you know, how could I, you know, maybe restructure some things within my company so I can still bring value or bring in new clients? You know, how, you know, how can I plan for the future in the event that you lose a client? Because in my business, you're going to lose clients. You know, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You could have a client for a year, you could have a client for five years, but eventually their needs might change, your needs might change. So you have to plan for these things. But for those people who, you know, are struggling in the beginning, I would just say keep going, but also recognize that you don't have to put it all on your shoulders. Like I like I mentioned, um, it's about relationships. So sometimes you got to collaborate with people. You know, lots of times we, you know, due to ego or pride, we don't want to ask for support or ask for for assistance from other people. But there's plenty of talented people around where, you know, you can pull your resources together and make it work. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I would say. Just don't give up recognize that there's going to be challenges, there's going to be trials and tribulations and you know just keep, you know just keep your eyes and ears open to, you know, what's going on in your in, in your environment so that you can adjust. That's the biggest thing, making adjustments.
1: Mm, great information, man. And you're also the founder of Defy Gravity International. Yes. Talk about that a little bit.
0: Right. So Defy Gravity International actually came to me um during the COVID-19 pandemic, the first wave of the pandemic. And, you know, kind of what we're talking about, you know, people going through things, people struggling, you know, people furloughed, people, you know, laid off from their jobs and couldn't go into the office, you know. And really, you know, some people were going falling into depression, all kinds of things. So I'm sitting here, you know, knowing that I work with people on a consistent basis and just kind of even just reflecting on my journey and how I've been affected, you know, Um, not even just during the COVID pandemic, but just my journey into finding myself in entrepreneurship, and really being able to, you know, put the present the best of myself. So I'm sitting there like, what value can I bring to society right now? And during that time, um I said, you know what? I always wanted to write a book. So I started this book probably like in 2018, right? Um, it's called The Five Gravity, Unleashing Your Greatness Within. And that book right there, um, I started on it maybe in like 2018, but I just had maybe like 10 pages done. But during the pandemic, I'm like, okay, we're confined to our homes anyway. I'm going to go ahead and finish this book. So I just made a point. I'm just going to take out a couple weeks and I'm just going to bang out this book. And the crazy thing about it is, you know, and that's what I, I tell entrepreneurs all the time you can plan for things in life, or not even just entrepreneurs, you can plan for things in life all you want. But you can't control what's going on in the universe. Right. So even as I'm writing this book, this things happening. Right. You know, I'm seeing how people are being impacted business wise and through entrepreneurship. I'm seeing the health battles people are facing. I'm seeing the self-doubt and the lack of confidence that people are having during this period. And it's all helping me with the subject matter for this book. So I'm writing the book and I finished it in June of 2020 called Defy Gravity, Unleashing Your Greatness Within, which pretty much details my journey into finding myself, developing a success mindset, you know, identifying my gifts and my purpose so that I can activate that. Um, And that's what's allowed me to accomplish some of the things that I've accomplished, which I mean, before that, man, I I never even dreamed of accomplishing some of the things that I accomplished. I didn't even know it was in me. Right. But, you know, I wrote all of that. I shared all of that in the book. And from that book, you know, um, I decided the next step. I'm like, you know what? I came up with the name Defy Gravity, which was perfect. Defying Gravity is all about overcoming all obstacles, all challenges, and launching into your ultimate level of personal and professional greatness, okay? And um, so I thought about that. I'm like, the name is dope. So after I released the book, got feedback from the book, people are like, man, that's amazing. So then I said, you know what? I want to take this a step further. I want to start speaking at schools about this, speaking at conferences about this. So that's what I started doing is reaching out to schools. You know, I'm speaking at high schools. I'm speaking at elementary schools. I'm speaking at colleges. Then eventually I'm speaking at empowerment conferences and entrepreneur conferences. And then this movement just started taking on just a whole new meaning for me. So it was something that just came to me like God just dropped it in my lap, you know, in 2020, and then it's just catapulted from there you know, to where now we got merch and stuff, you know, hoodies, you know, all types of things. And, you know, really the focus is just helping people to tap into their inner greatness. That's what Defy Gravity International is all about.
1: Definitely. And for brothers and sisters that, you know, we want to tap in now. So give us some tips that way we can tap into our inner greatness and live out our dreams.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So the first step is to study yourself. You know, I mean, like let's be real. You know, we got brothers out there who can tell you all all the reasons why MJ is better than LeBron, or LeBron's better than MJ. They know all the stats going back from 1987 or whatever. We don't even know the statistics on ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So that is is the first thing. You got to get to know yourself. At the beginning of my journey, like I told you, like 10 years ago, I really just Dove into this journey of figuring out myself, right? And figuring out what type of value I could bring to the world. And the things that I'm accomplishing now, I didn't even know were possible because it wasn't in my mindset at that period. So you got to learn yourself like, what are my wants? You know, what are my desires? You know, and then you fit, you map out a plan for how to get there. Um, the second step I would say is to blame yourself. Okay. And that's actually the first chapter of my book, Blame Yourself. Okay. We've all been through traumas. We've been through adversity. We've had different things happen in our lives. And when I say blame yourself, it's not to say that everything is is particularly your fault, but blaming yourself allows you to seize accountability for your current station in life. Okay. And what it also does is it forces you to remove the accountability or remove the power from other people in other circumstances and claim that power for yourself. So I told myself, you know what man, I'm not where I want to be because of myself. You know what I'm saying? This happened to me because I allowed this relationship to transpire too too long when I should have severed ties because that person was bringing me down. You know, there's so many things that, you know, even though we might not be the perpetrator, we're still free-thinking individuals. We have the ability to move ourselves out of certain environments. I know people who are miserable where they're living right now, but because they love the skyline in Chicago or something, they refuse to move. But that's holding them back because you know it's, they're, they're unable to get the opportunities that they're looking for. So you gotta blame yourself, remove the power from circumstances and individuals, and recognize that the key to you succeeding is yourself. Then I would say, stop lying to yourself. You know, you know if you waking up late in the morning, You know, if you're not studying, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the relationships that you need to achieve your dreams. You know, if you're not putting in the work, you know, so lots of us lie to ourselves every day and we make excuses for why we're not where we want to be. But if you blame yourself and you stop lying to yourself and you be truthful with yourself, then you can really figure out, Okay, number one, what do I want? Why don't I have what I want? What can I achieve or who can I meet? What types of resources do I need to obtain what I want? And then you can get on the road to actually accomplishing it. So that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, That's how you can
0: get on the road to define gravity.
1: Wow. That's powerful, man. Because I was checking your Instagram out and I saw you had, uh, you had a quote saying, you know, you let people suck the life out of you when you gave them yeah. the straw, mm-hmm. man. So yeah.
0: I know a lot of people do that. I've done that plenty of times before. You know, I used to be a people pleaser. You know, I used to be one of those individuals who just wanted to see people happy all the time, and I still do. You know, I want people to be their best selves, but you know, it was you know um, really to the detriment of myself. You know, you're just pouring things out sometimes into the wrong people who don't really appreciate your efforts, and sometimes that stifles your growth, and then you're unable to truly give what you want to give to society.
3: Oh, this is a uh, Kalali Dogbe out um... of calvin maryland thanks for uh thanks for spending some time to talk to us secondly man you're, you're a dynamic speaker i see why you you're a motivational speaker you're a dynamic speaker you really hit a it, of, for real you really hit a lot of the points that i wanted to ask about but i still want to pick your brain about a few things so like okay. you know in the past i've mentored some people in like you know trying to start business or just trying to think strategically about how yeah. to like maneuver even within their own professional lives you know mm-hmm. and one of the things I always say is, is look you want to you want to get ahead it's not always you know it's not always roses and and and, right. and dust you know what I'm saying sometimes you're gonna have to really grind and one of the things that I've said to people is sometimes you're gonna have to do some things for free like everybody think okay. you just go on business and you just get money and people pay you and this and that but yeah. sometimes you're gonna have to do some things for free um right. and it sounds to me like from the way you've been talking about your grind that you've had to do some things for free. You know yeah, what I mean? um, Okay, so so um could you just talk to us about about the power of like uh being able to, you know, uh uh do, you know, do what the benefit of uh, is of doing some things for free for people right. or collaborating with people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um see, a lot of people think that value only comes in the form of money and that's not true. Right. Value comes in the form of relationships. And when you have bountiful relationships and you open up the doors to make more money. So um, you know, again, when I first moved to um Georgia, you know, um, the Atlanta area, um, I wasn't making a lot of money, you know. And the first thing I did was, you know, I found, you know, this person, he was a, a big time producer who I had met, you know, on a project. Um, You know, several years before I met him at a conference and I'm just like, hey, man, you know, I started this PR agency. You know, I don't really have a lot of relationships in Atlanta. You know, I just really moved here. Like, I would love to work with you. So I started working with this brother for for free. You know what I'm saying? Just helping him, you know, and kind of leveraging, you know, his exposure and some of his connections in order to help build up my brand. So it was mutually beneficial. So, you know, I'm getting him in Black Enterprise. I'm getting him in Essence Magazine. I'm getting him in all of these different, you know, outlets. You know, I'm doing the writing for him. You know, I'm positioning him in different outlets, you know, securing him at different events. And I started doing that stuff for free. And then people are like, yo, like, I see the work that you're doing. You know, you're bringing attention to yourself by showcasing your work, you know, Mm -hmm. and outsiders don't know if you're getting paid or not. They just see, you know, the quality and the caliber of work and, you know, this person's your client. And then you leverage that to get a new client and you make connections and you build yourself up there. So, you know, that was really beneficial to just putting me on the map because I had zero presence in this area. I didn't know anybody. So, you know, just being able to take advantage of that. And then even, you know, again, being the contributor uh, to that outlet in L.A., who I still contribute with, by the way, even, you know, though my company has grown exponentially. Um, It's called EUR Web. Um, uh, Shout out Lee Bailey out there in uh, Los Angeles, who's the publisher, you know, who's just giving me the opportunity. But just doing those, I didn't even want the money. You know, I just wanted the opportunity to just be at these events and, and to be able to network and be able to give out my business card and to show that I was out in the places that I needed to be. And people are watching. You never know who's watching. I I can't tell you how many clients and people who I've never spoken to ever, they might just be looking at my stories or looking at something on Instagram, or they see somebody else post something and they ask, hey, who helped you get that article? And then next thing you know, I have a new client. So never overlook the power of just bringing value. You know, our responsibility is to bring service to people. And when you do that, when you bring value to other people, I think you get it back. I'm one of those people who believes in energy and what you pour out into the universe, you'll get back tenfold, you know, as long as it's genuine. I truly believe that. So that's, so always be willing, you know, but there is a point where you got to cut it off. You know, you can't work for free forever, but you know, you just got to know, yeah, you got to know that, um, you know, it's mutually beneficial and it's getting you to a point to where you can leverage those opportunities and then start charging. But a lot of new entrepreneurs just want to race out of the gate and make money, but you have no reputation. You have no track record of success. So you want to build that track record and build that history and then you can start charging.
3: Got you. So what I'm hearing from you is is leverage, is leverage that, that, that partnership, even if you are working for free to show the value of your work. So that's how you put the track record of success. And then people see, oh, this person actually does bring value. And I love what you said about service, man, about just trying to be of service. Like that's, that's really, uh, I, I feel like that's really key. Um, it sounds to me like you're in the relationship building business, how important uh, do you think networking and relationship building is to building a successful business? Because the reason I ask this is because a lot of people think, you know, or, or at least the image is sometimes that, oh, you can go out here and be on your own and kind of do your own grind. But um, yeah. what I've seen is, and we've had a lot of people come on the show who have been very successful, and it always right. seems like they have a team or they're collaborating yeah. or they're networking or they're doing right. something like that. So could you talk to us about how important it is to, to build those relationships and, and have a network?
0: Yeah, uh, relationships and having a network are absolutely paramount to your success. You know, like they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So mm-hmm. it's always great when you have the relationships and you might just need a favor. I mean, even hearkening back to what we were talking about, about entrepreneurs who might be struggling and people who are struggling. There's nothing like being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, bro, I need a favor. Or, you know, hey, can you do this for me? Or can you make this connection? But if you don't have the relationships, you can't call on people even during, you know, times of adversity you know? So lots of people like to act like they're this self-made millionaire or they became successful on their own. It never happens that way. You need people in order to succeed. You need to build relationships. You need people who can vouch and be, you know, advocates and supporters of your brand in order for you to grow. So um, networking is key, man. And it starts with just, you know, seeing what kind of value you can bring to other people. You know, I tell people not to be selfish networkers. Don't just come and try to meet people and say, what can you do for me? Or I want to reach out to this person so that they can help me. You always should approach somebody, you know, with the mindset of bringing value to them and letting it be mutually beneficial. And that always opens up way more doors. And, you know, when it's genuine, people are willing to refer you, you know, people are willing to you know, you know, even with my credit repair company, you know, I work with people in credit repair, I'll fix somebody's credit, and then they refer somebody else to, you know, and that's relationships, you know, and that's actually valuing the relationships where you're not just looking at somebody to get money from them or get something of benefit to you from it, you're actually looking to bring service and value and to help that person to get in a better space. And then they're more willing to bring people your way. So, um, yeah, you got to have the relationships. That sounds yeah it
3: makes it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, uh, so speaking of which, you're in Atlanta, right? Um, yes. so what opportunities do you think are, are are there out there for Black people that are, that that are in Atlanta that that aren't any anywhere else? Like, you know, what I'm really trying to get at is how is it uh, networking in Atlanta for a Black person versus other places?
0: I think it's great. You know, most people in Atlanta will say, "Hey, we full. Stop coming here." Like that's pretty much where Atlanta is right now. But uh, so at the end of the day, man, but uh, still, um, I think this is the the Mecca. You know, I was born in D.C. I went to Howard University. And when I was there, that was considered chocolate city. You know what I'm saying? And that's where a lot of successful, you know, educated brothers and sisters used, used to be and still are still are. But Atlanta has just taken on a life of its own, man. Like I said before, like from the business and entrepreneur landscape to even, you know, government, you know, black mayors, you know, black judges and things of that nature, tons of, you know, black owned restaurants. Uh, The entertainment sector is huge, you know, Um, you know, the movie industry is huge. So I think for black people, black professionals, black entrepreneurs, like this is an amazing place to be as far as making connections and really feeling like you're doing something that's adding to the culture, you know? Um, you know, so it's definitely been um, a place that helped me to really grow and elevate my business. You know, at this particular moment, I can't imagine being, you know, anywhere at this stage in my life, um, outside of Atlanta. Um, but yeah, I just, I definitely think even if you don't live here, you definitely need to be tapped into Atlanta and the different opportunities.
3: You, You have a credit report, a credit repair company. Um, So could you just talk to us a little bit about what the importance of having good credit is? Or if you don't have good credit, what's the importance of repairing that credit?
0: Well, um, I'll just start you off with this. You know, the the wealthiest people, you know, in the world, they leverage credit, you know, so that's that's enough to let, you know, us. You know, everyday people know that credit is extremely important. Um, You know, I can't tell you how many uh, celebrities, how many athletes that I know of who are having difficulty getting their homes, couldn't get a rental car, they had to get their assistant to get a rental car or a hotel room in their name because their credit was so poor that's how essential credit and these are millionaires you know and it sounds crazy but you know unless you know unless you're gonna it doesn't matter how much money you are i think it's ridiculous when you might have a celebrity and they say hey you know i bought this Rolls royce for five hundred thousand dollars cash that's not smart you know because there's other ways you can leverage your money instead of just putting all your money in one place and then it's gone you know so I think that having good credit, you know, allows us to do so many things, whether you want to open a business, you know, whether you're a young person who just wants to get into your first department. You know, I remember when I was walking campus at Howard University, I had no knowledge or education about credit at all. And, you know, you have all these different credit companies. Hey, you want your first credit card? Hey, you want a you want a credit card for, you know, this store, this department store? And I'm just like, hey, yeah, you know, thinking it's like free money, you know. So I'm sitting there charging my cards. It might be Best Buy. It might be Target. And you got bad credit by the time you're 23 years old because you got a little one hundred and fifty dollar bill here over at Target. You got, you know, this other, you know, so you're just accumulating bad debt because you don't know how to leverage credit. You don't even know what credit is, right? So I think it's important to be knowledgeable about it because especially in our community, we've had a fear historically of credit just like credit cards are bad because we haven't been taught how to use them we haven't been taught how to use the the bonuses and you know the perks of credit cards and how as long as we you know make sure that we're paying our bills on time and establishing a good you know payment history and a good reputation with companies how we can continue to build up our credit scores that can allow us to get access to to funding and a lot of different opportunities so you know those are things that we're still trying to educate people about, um, and you know, but credit is absolutely essential to growing.
1: Well, first off, you know, being a celebrity publicist, did you have any coincidental clients that you met?
0: Yeah. Um, actually, Melody Cherie, um, you know, is a client that I'm working with right now. She's from um Love and Marriage Huntsville. And, you know, dynamic businesswoman, you know, got businesses in real estate. She's doing stuff in the beauty and fashion industry, dynamic individual. But funny thing is I had seen her um, at a Sheen magazine event maybe like six years ago, like not too long after I moved to the Atlanta area. And um, so, you know, I was intrigued by her, you know, and her husband at that time, you know, their message, you know, um, and I had I was there with another client. And I took we took a picture, it was Vivica Fox, it was a client, Brooklyn Tanker. In the background was Melody Cherie. And she's she's on my website, on the main banner of my website, this picture that was taken six years ago. And a friend that I went to Howard University reached out to me and said, hey, you know, I'm working with somebody, I'm a producer on this reality tv show you know i have a potential client for you again going back to relationships you know she just thought of me and just said hey you know she's been paying attention to what i'm doing she said hey i got this client for you and uh so her name was melody Cherie, and you know we got on the phone you know we started talking had synergy before you know she's my client so i'm just looking at my own website which i don't always do but i just happen to look on my website and i'm looking i'm like well, that's crazy. And I sent her a screenshot. I'm like, yo, that's you on my website right there. This picture was taken like six years ago. So you were destined to be my client. You know, we just laughed it up, but that was a funny situation. That was real, just kind of coincidental where I had met her, you know, and then just the way that it kind of tied back together to where I was there with another client at that time. Now she's my client. That's kind of crazy. So I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cause I know typically, you know, I'm a media guys. So I talk to a publicist all the time and every now and then you hear a couple coincidental stories. So I figured you had one in the, in the chamber for me. Um, speaking of reputation with, Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur or just as a new business owner, that's trying to build your reputation. What tips can you give to be a good reputation builder for your business?
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, the first tip would be to be authentic. You know, we uh we're in this age with social media and you know with all of these different platforms where you can pretty much put out any image that you want, right? And you know, so we're at this stage right now where you know everybody's just looking at what's trendy. Everyone's copying each other, and it's tough to sift through who's authentic. So um, I definitely tell people to be authentic because you know your audience isn't stupid. You know, there's going to come a time where you're going to show your real self and then, you know, they're going to feel deceived or they're going to feel betrayed. And then anything positive that you thought you were building, you could completely undo that. So I would definitely say if you want to build a brand, start off by being authentic. Um, Also, you need to know who your audience is. You know, Um, there's a saying that, you know, if you're trying to be all things to everybody, then you're nothing to anybody. Right. So it's like you know too many people want to cater to everybody they don't zero in on who their target audience is or who can most specifically benefit from their products or their services so they try to be all things to everybody they try to market to everybody and in reality when you do that you're marketing to and branding yourself to nobody so um Those are definitely um, some big branding pieces. And then like us, and then like we talked about building relationships, you know, you can't build a brand if nobody knows who you are. You could be the most talented, most intelligent individual out there. If nobody knows what you do, it doesn't even matter. You're not going to be able to grow and scale a business.
1: Definitely great information, man. And just piggybacking off of your credit repair company, you know, holidays coming up, you know, this happens to me, this happened to me last year, but I had a plan this year i went i went in and made me a holiday fund because every i I noticed like for the last two december january shows i'm kind of disgruntled doing black men sundays and i'm like oh i see why because you know september october my credit score is lovely december january i'm kind of like it's gonna take me a minute to get this down but i'm normally good by you know by august i'm normally on top of the world so right now i'm on top of the world but i'm like okay here we go again but, you know, like I said, I got on point last year, but what advice would you give for brothers on a credit side where, okay, they have good credit right now. They've worked it down all, all year, but, you know, wifey or a the girlfriend, they're going to want that, you know, that nice piece of jewelry. They're going to want a nice Gucci, a nice Dior sweater. They're going to want some, a new car or, you know, they, they're going to want something to show that you love them. They're not going to want to just go to, go to Zaxby's for dinner. They're going to want to $500 dinner on top of the Christmas gifts. And then if there's kids involved, here we go. So let's go, man. Christmas holidays coming up. Let's go.
0: Well, hey, I got the wife. I got the four kids. So I know exactly how it is. But, you know, I would just say, man, honestly, we got to we just got to do a little more planning. You know what I'm saying? I think that, you know, lots of us get ourselves in trouble because we spend way beyond our means and then we got to find a way to dig ourselves out of it. And I think that sometimes we just want to plan ahead. Like if we know that this is coming up, you know, we want to make sure that we're setting something aside or, you know, every once in a while throwing something in there so that we can do the big purchases later on, you know, during the holidays. That's how I would recommend doing it. Um, you know, but I know lots of times we get ourselves in jams because in my in my household, there's always something somebody needs, always something somebody wants to do. A birthday is coming up. And, you know, my wife, you know, we got anniversary, her birthday, Christmas, you know, it's almost like all thrown in there and she expects something for every single one of those. So, you know, and she should, you know, get the best. But um, I just think that planning is essential. You know, I think that, you know, especially, and I'm a person, I pay attention to the landscape. You know, I pay attention to the economy. I pay attention to how much things are costing, you know, the fluctuations, all of that stuff. And I think that, you know, you just want to be smart. This is not really a period where you want to play around. You know, there's too many intangibles and uncertainties going on where we don't know what the economic landscape is going to be looking in the next 365 days. And I think that you don't want to put yourself in a jam by making purchases that you that you don't need. I mean, maybe you do something smaller and, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, you know, and maybe you maybe you do the big thing in Valentine's Day. But if you don't have it right now, I would recommend that, you know, you don't. Max out those credit cards, you know, and get in the jam going into 2024. That's what I would recommend.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I, I talk to brothers all the time and they're like, listen, man, I've been paying this card off all year. She's going to yeah. want X, Y, Z. I don't have the money, but if I swipe it, I can just take care of it next year. But then I'm like, but then you're going to be back. In the same situation like me the last few years. So I appreciate Yeah, I mean, that if advice. you can
0: if you can pay it off, do what you got do what you want to do. You know, it's all about that financial responsibility. You know you can't pay it off and it's gonna put you in a jam, it's not really worth it. And I think those are some of the things that, you know, in our community, you know, we just gotta make smarter decisions, you know, with our finances. And, you know, like I said, it goes back to blaming yourself. Sometimes we our our issues are self-inflicted. You know, it's decisions that we choose to make. We choose to do certain things with our money. Nobody's taking the money from us. We're choosing to spend it. So, you know, um, as long as it's something that you think you can manage, you know, by all means do it, you know, but if you don't think you can can manage it or if you don't know at that point and it might put you in a at a disadvantage, I wouldn't do it.
1: Definitely great information, man. You enjoying yourself on Black Men Sundays?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm always, I always enjoy the conversations. I've been checking them out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely. And that goes back sure. to, and that goes back to when I was introducing you, uh, you know, I was telling people, make sure you check your emails. You know, I got an email from you. I'm like, who is this? Clicked it. Is it spam? Let me check it out. Let me do some research. And you know, it was like, yeah, can I just like... say
0: one thing? Cause we talked about relationships, right? So we, me and you have never met in person, but um, let me just, first of all, say that I appreciate You know, your platform, I appreciate everything you're doing. I appreciate, you know, the value and, you know, the discussions that you're putting forth on your platform. And, you know, when we talk about building relationships, I've had the opportunity to build the relationship with Corey. And I'm glad that I'm able to to be on this platform and speak with you gentlemen. Um, He's been a value to me because, hey, as a publicist, I got to find platforms to position my clients on, you know, where they can get their message out. So he's been very valuable. You know, to me, as far as creating a platform for whatever my clients are doing or whatever they want to talk about, allowing them to do that, and I would hope that you know I'm bringing value by bringing you know informative, you know, powerful individuals on this platform that can you know really help to create some engaging conversations. So I think you know when there's mutual benefit like that, that's how we grow.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I was you know after uh, you know because I felt I felt like the first you know when you sent me you know a few of your clients i was like okay he's he keeps sending us more so we we doing some right over even though we you know we know we on point over here but to hear to see a publicist sending clients over that means there's a trust level there that means they know their client is in good hands and they know we're that we're going to ask some good questions. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. appreciate that about you. I appreciate you sending your clients over. I see you have some in the stash you've been kind of holding out on though. We got to clean that up a little bit, bro. What's up? I've
0: those over too, you know? Uh, Like I said, all of my clients have been pleased, man. Whenever I ask them how how you think it went, you know, they're like, hey, you asked great questions. It was a great discussion. So, That's how you build a brand, you know, so uh, Black Men Sundays is doing a great job building the brand, you know, with some very positive and productive conversations about our community. And um, it's because of the track record, you know, the track record of, you know, success, the track record of, you know, engaging conversations, professionalism, all of those things, you know, that's allowing him to build this brand and even me where I'm a supporter. I didn't know anything about it until I'm just doing my research. I'm like, oh, Black Men Sundays, what's that? Doing a little research, you know, seeing some of the past interviews. I read up a a bit about uh, Corey just to see what he does, you know, in the media space. And I'm like, you know what, let me reach out. And from there, you know, just seeing, you know, how positive the interviews have been with the clients that I have passed away. Hey, I'm just going to continue to send more and, you know, just be a supporter and an advocate for what he's doing.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I, I appreciate you for sure, man, because, uh, you know, the, the thing about the show is, you know, we're, at, we're in that stage where we're building exposure. You know, some yeah. some of your clients have come on and said, you know, I enjoyed my experience here. I didn't even know you existed. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. So, you know, so with Black Men Sundays, we took our first yeah. initiative in our community where, you know, we're doing a turkey drive for the Boys and Girls Club of Central Florida, where we're not just doing one, we're doing two full clubs. We're taking care of all families from both clubs. They're getting turkeys. And, you know, it showed me doing this podcast that it's a lot of listeners, a lot of yeah. guest speakers, co-workers, just viewers on Channel 6, because, you know, I also do media on there as well. Right, right. Just to see the love, reciprocated from a financial level i was like wow like you know we really we're really doing something there so you know I, I definitely appreciate appreciate you and appreciate you for coming on this show but i'm not gonna let you go just yet you know i gotta get on and get my generational wealth question in before i let you slide out of here so you know there first off we're you know in this economy a lot of brothers are talking about okay should i buy a house should i even do any stocks? Should I buy gold bars? Or should I buy gold and then at some point build up to a bar? A lot of brothers are struggling with adapting to this economy. So how can we decrease this wealth gap, but still live our normal lives, pay bills, and put money aside for the future to create generational wealth? A lot of brothers are saying, I don't see how I can create generational wealth if I barely have enough money to feed my family, because when, you know, the inflation, I'm paying X, Y, Z for bills, but I haven't had a raise on my job in four or five years. And I'm scared to ask for a raise. So what advice would you give for brothers that are, you know, they hear the generational wealth conversation, but they're saying it's hard for me to really believe in it when I can't see my finances, even allowing me to even take part in it.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the fatal flaw with us because lots of times we think about it from an individualistic standpoint. You know, we just sat here and talked about the importance of relationships, and I'm big on group economic. You know, when I look at other communities, whether, you know, I live outside of Atlanta, I'm in this community uh, right on the border of Johns Creek and Swanee. Um, you know, it's Indians, you know, Koreans, Black people, you know, it's, it's, a, you know, a good little mixture, but a lot of people, you know, from other you know, backgrounds and just seeing how they work together, you know, um, you know, really sticks out to me. And I think that um, in order to generate wealth, you know, we have to embrace this, you know, um, group economics concept and recognize that if you're just depending on yourself or looking at it from an individualistic standpoint, then you're not going to you're not going to really get where you want to go, at least not where I see society going right now. You know, and I'm constantly just paying attention to what's going on, man. You know, you got people looking at moving out of the country, you know, all types of different things because of the landscape. But, um, you know, even me and my mom, just to be honest, you know, we're talking about, you know, I was talking to my brother the other day. You know, we're talking about just pooling into properties and, you know, investing together. You know, and lots of times, you know, we didn't even have those conversations conversations a couple years ago. We always talk about generational wealth, you know, we're educated, we're all successful in our own right, but at the end of the day, we've been approaching things from a more individual standpoint cuz sometimes working with family sometimes can be difficult. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't really mention it, but you know, I worked with my dad at the very beginning of my career, right? At the very beginning and um, you know, before I stepped away and built my own company. But lots of times I think some of the traumas, some of the Some of the things that we endure from our family environment sometimes keeps us from not really embracing that group economics type of thing. But I think as adults, you know, especially if, you know, if you have relationships with your family or even friends that you trust, you know, uh, business associates, whatever, you know, find ways that you can, you know, embark on endeavors together. So you're not just working on it yourself. You know, I I look at I follow these brothers. uh, They call the circle of CEOs. Right. And they always say, hey, if I need one hundred thousand dollars, who can I call? You know what I'm saying? It's always beneficial when you get in a jam, having relationships where if you just need that one solid and you've built that track record of integrity and you have a good relationship, you can call and be like, hey, brother, I need this. You know, and to have somebody that trusts you, trusts your value and knows that if they look out for you, that you're going to do what you say you're going to do and you're going to get them back when, when the time is right. You know, and I think that's the key to us shrinking this gap. You know, we can have... One, two, three, four, five. We have six black billionaires, you know, in the U.S. right now. You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not going to change the tide. You know, we're doing things from an individualistic standpoint. We got to we got to do group economics.
1: Wow, man. Great, great information. My last question, man, you know, first off, I got to salute you. You were awarded the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award from Joe Biden in 2022. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that award and then. I saw on your Instagram, you also were in Accra doing a presentation there. So let's let's talk about both of those.
0: Well, yeah, the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award, I was extremely honored to receive that. Um, That's for volunteerism and work geared towards education and economic development, you know, within the black diaspora, the global black diaspora. So, um, you know, it was an honor to be there. I um, received the award at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., you know, amongst a variety of, you know, um, dynamic individuals and, you know, national and international leaders. And, um, you know, it was it was just really an honor. But I felt like that was just really the first step, you know, and it's something that I definitely didn't expect it's something, again, that, you know, I was never even working towards. So, you know, that's what makes it, you know, great. And I'm humbled by it. But it just showed me that there's so much more work to do because I know that I haven't tapped into my full potential. And it just showed me that, you know, you know, just seeing the other great things that other people who who were there are doing, you know, just makes me want to continue to give back. And even just like what you were talking about, like shrinking, you know, the, the, the wealth gap. I want to shrink, help to shrink the education gap you know, and really just, you know, promote us just having this having that sense of pride that, you know, we had back when, you know, I'll be honest, I was watching, you know, some old history stuff. I was watching Farrakhan the other day, I was watching, you know, Malcolm X, you know, just looking back on, you know, just a period where, you know, we were really focused on uplifting and elevating ourselves, right. And um, I think that that's important. And I want to be a part You know, not, you know, in my own way of just contributing and, you know, helping to instill pride in the younger generations, helping people to tap into their gifts and their talents and just, you know, do what they need to do. So, um, yeah, that award was great. Um, Aside from that, um, going to Accra, you know, that was an amazing experience and I actually landed in Accra on my birthday. Um, so that was that was great. Um, so much hospitality. Um, I was actually there to uh, present an award to Archbishop Duncan Williams, who is one of the most prominent um archbishops on the continent of Africa. And um you know, we went to his church, you know, and I presented him, you know, with his Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award um and you know that was a great experience um i met so many people in building relationships on the continent of africa so i'm definitely through defy gravity international looking forward to doing some more work um over there and helping to bridge the gap between you know um black americans and you know people over there on the continent so that's kind of what i'm working on right now
1: yeah definitely because as i was looking through your Through some of your business clients, like I also saw you have the African and Caribbean faith based leadership conference as a client as well. So talk about how that relationship was cultivated.
0: Yeah, that relationship was cultivated from the brother that I was working with for free, you know, (laughs) and uh, so he was doing something in Washington, D.C., And he was like, hey, man, I'm going up to Washington, D.C. for this event. You want to roll? So I hopped in the car, you know, with one of his partners. And we drove uh, from Atlanta up to Washington, D.C., where I met this brother who is, you know, the president and the founder of the Caribbean and African Faith-Based Leadership Conference. So from there, you know, we met. And, um, you know, he just always, you know, had a good feeling. We had good synergy when we when we met, and he just followed up with me about some of the things that he was working on doing, you know, um, serving the African diaspora and, you know, wanting to utilize some of my services to build more awareness of the organization and to help them, you know, from a strategic standpoint. So he reached out, and uh, we've had a great relationship probably for the last six years. You know, so, um, you know, that really just materialized by me taking a gamble. And, you know, like this brother said, sometimes you got to do things for free, which lead to bigger and better opportunities. And um, that also was my entry into building relationships on the continent of Africa. So when you see how things kind of work, you know, it was always my vision to to one, visit the continent, but also to do work on the continent. And now seeing how that happened. You know, it happens in ways sometimes that you can never anticipate. So I think sometimes when we're looking at life, you know, we might have this grand, grand scheme, this grand plan for how we're going to accomplish things. And you just got to continue to plant positive seeds in. You don't know exactly how, you know, where they're going to sprout, but, you know, they sprout in different ways. And, you know, if you're putting that positive energy and work and productivity into the environment, you know, that happens. And that's what started that relationship and um, it's been great working with them. Actually, I have a conference coming up um, on the 18th, the 17th and 18th of this month in Washington, D.C.
1: Definitely. OK, hey, man, great information, man. Ivan Thomas, celebrity publicist, president and CEO of multiple businesses, entrepreneur, highly sought after celebrity publicist, by the way. Let's let's clarify that. Yeah, let's, let's in there. Definitely, man. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Yeah. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you pulled up on Black Men's Sundays. And I appreciate you. you and I appreciate your clients, brother. Peace.
0: Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate y'all. It's a Black man Sunday.